Welcome to Scribal Wisdom, a bi-weekly podcast where I, Kalman Gavriel, the Jerusalem scribe, from the heart of Jerusalem, am creating an exciting and engaging conversation with teachers, friends, colleagues, and artists to inspire and share time-relevant, everyday wisdom with you, our viewer. Ki mitzion Torah Today's podcast, our very first, we are joined by none other than Orly Waba, educator, entrepreneur, author, inspirational speaker, and community activist, whose inspiration shines through and motivates us to be the best we can be. Orly is the founder and CEO of Life Vest Inside, an organization with a mission to unite and empower the world with kindness. The founder of Avraham's Legacy, a social network, can you believe it, a social network for prayer. And the president and founder of Nitila, 100% copper Nitila washing cups. Welcome, Orly. Thank you so much, Kalman, for having me. I'm honored to be on the first episode. This Thank is going to be a very exciting journey. I already feel it. Amen, amen. So please, what have you been working on lately? Wow. Uh, so I just to uh, give you a little bit about my background, I actually I started off as a, as a middle school educator. I was teaching for seven incredible years, teaching a Torah, Humash Navi. And then about 11 years ago, I decided to take a leap of faith and pursue a dream I had in my heart ever since I was a little four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world. And so I started this nonprofit called Life Fest Inside, like you just mentioned, whose mission is really to inspire, empower, and educate people of all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness, to bring the world together through the power of kindness and shake the foundations of this world with chesed. And it started off with a short film I did called Kindness Boomerang, showing an act of kindness as it goes from one person to the next to the next, and then comes back to the person that started it. And uh, this film just went crazy viral. I, I shot it during my summer off from teaching, told the school I was taking a year off to see what would happen if I would pursue this dream. And uh, it reached over 100 million people globally and wow. continues to go through these spurs And you just did this on the spur of the moment, a passion that you had. It was a passion I had. I very much believed in it. I really feel like it was a calling. It was very scary because I hadn't done film in like seven years back at this, at this point. But I very much believed it. And I, and I knew that I wanted to share that message with the world. And it started with a short film that I did. And from there, the organization continued to grow. And uh, we spread this message through inspirational media like film, through uh, education, through events, uh, through international events and uh, leadership training programs. And it's been just absolutely incredible over the past 11, almost 12 years now. And uh, like you said, I started Abraham's Legacy, which is something I'm working on, and I'm really switching a lot into this gear. It started as a passion project I created in memory of my grandfather, Alava Shalom. And it's, uh, it started off really as an app to allow people to collectively complete the Book of Tehillim in unison, in real time, with people from all over the world in all different languages. And now it's turning to become something so much bigger. With almost uh, 17,000 global members, we're going to be incorporating additional books and creating a social, spiritual accountability tracker to help people track their personal spiritual growth. So that's what, something I'm very much focused on. And as you mentioned, Atila, bringing this mitzvah, Atila Yadaim, to the next level and empowering people to understand how special, how important this mitzvah, Atila is. Sometimes we just do things by rote. But if we put in the intention of the kavanah, we could take it to a whole other level and connecting it to this uh, this age-old tradition of doing this with copper uh, and utilizing copper to fulfill the mitzvah natila. So these are just some of the things that I'm, uh, that I'm working on that I'm very passionate about. But the common thread between everything I do 
is is all connected really to 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 Gilwah. Really, it is. And wanting to, to do my part in this world, because we each have our purpose and our mission, just like you have your purpose and your mission, we all have our purpose and our mission. And if we each live it, we have the ability to truly change this world in an incredible way. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. And it's really, really an honor for you to be here right now. Um, you speak about these things with such ease and you thread together what to you is very obvious. But for so many people, maybe any, everyone I've met until I met you, <laughs> this is like such a chiddush. This is such a novel insight. And it's taking an ancient idea, an ancient concept, a concept from, from time immemorial, and also bringing together like this millennial, this 21st century, this technology, this um, also production and community and entrepreneurialism. Like, the concept how, do you, is really, how do you do that? It's where, you know, it's where tradition meets technology because you see, the beautiful thing about Yahadut, about Judaism, it, it's, not, it's not a religion, it is a way of life. It's, it's literally our entire guidebook to life. And that doesn't change, right? The Torah never changes. We say it every single day that the Torah always is and always was and always will be, right? But what does change is we're given, you know, technology comes, even though we, you know, people create technology, who created people? Hashem. So Hashem gave us the capacity to create technology, which means it therefore, if we utilize it for the good, it's about using everything that we have in this world for the good. Because everything can be used for the good and it can also be used for the bad. We're the ones that make the choice. We have the bechira. We have the choice of how we utilize it. So if technology exists, why not utilize it to help connect and unify Am Yisrael? You know, I tell you, I was at the Kotel, okay, for Selichot, just the other night. It was an absolutely incredible experience. And I'm standing there with thousands of people, right? And I already envisioned that by next year, Bezrat Hashem, hopefully Mashiach will come before then, but by next year, Bezrat Hashem, irregardless, Creating this technology is something that will prepare us for that time, unifying people. Imagine having all those thousands of people in that exact second clicking and each person receiving a di different pedic of Tehillim and in seconds finishing books upon books. In seconds. What a unifying opportunity that is to connect us all uh, in prayer. Uh, and, and, and to me, you know, it's, it's fusing these things together it's making a choice, using what we have, using the, 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 the education we have, the technology we have. How can we use it to better serve Hashem? How can we use it to better reach the potential that we have to bring about positive change in this world? Fabulous. And maybe we can unravel this a little bit. Um, I want to ask about prayer. What is prayer to you? And then you said every Jew, every... Is there such thing as a good Jew or a bad Jew? Is there such thing as a Jew that... Because I see a lot of times, especially here in the Old City, people come and they feel either like they're, they're shayach, they belong, or they're lo shayach, they don't belong. And for me, it's... I feel like part of my role is to be a, almost like a middleman, to make people realize that it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter the Torah education level you had, whether you went to public school, whether you went to Beis Yaakov or you know, Yeshiva Gvoa, uh, or whether you're wearing a, you know, a black hat and a white shirt or, or, or whatever, ripped jeans or, or shorts, that your Jewish identity is a deep part uh, of who you are. But I think in our culture, a lot of people, they don't fully like, 
like understand that or or they don't think of themselves as like they belong yeah do you see that and how it's, do you talk to people when you hear that first of all you're making such a good point this isn't actually one of the major things that i deal with with within within life essence side and also within abraham's legacy is the fact that in today's world people don't feel that they matter that they're unique that they're significant that they're enough we're constantly comparing ourselves with others. You think it's a, an issue of our generation? I do 100% think it's an issue. I think it's always, always exists. Let me explain something. You know, there isn't a person throughout history that has not questioned their value and worth. And anybody that tells you otherwise is just lying to you. Everybody has questioned their value and their worth in this world. Everybody. It's a natural thing. But in today's world, with digital media, and I'm not downing digital media, because without it, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. We have no ability to reach people. But people are constantly comparing themselves with others as opposed to comparing ourselves with who we are. Hashem loves us irregardless of you know, the title that's on our business card, how much money we make, how many friends we have, how many followers you have, how many people liked your picture. Those things don't matter. They're fake. They provide a person with a set, fake sense of validation. Because I have to tell you, a person can have all of those things, all of the right numbers, and yet they can still go to sleep at night crying themselves to bed. Because happiness, true happiness, only comes from within us. How do we know this? You know, every single morning, the first thing that we do when we wake up, we say a very, very amazing line. What do we say? We open our eyes. We say, And when I ask people what that means, you know, they say, oh, you know, we're thanking Hashem for bringing us back our neshama. Right? Because when we're sleeping, it's like we're a 60th dead. So we, Hashem is bringing us back in Neshama. But so many people forget the last two words of this incredible line. Rabba emunatecha. Your great faith in me. Shouldn't we say our great faith in you, Hashem? No. Your great faith in me. Because when you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes and you take that first deep breath in, it's as though Hashem is saying to all of the Malachim and Shamaim, come, 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 come. Look at what Kalman's going to do today. Look at what Orla's going to do today. Look what he's going to do, what she's going to do. He's saying to all Malachim, come here, I want you to see what they're going to do. Because no matter how many mistakes we've made yesterday and the day before and the day before that, Hashem, Hashem, the king of the universe, is betting on us. Is betting on you that you're going to do something today that nobody else can do. So if the king of the universe is betting on you, shouldn't you begin to bet on yourself? If we come to understand how much Hashem loves us, how much He loves us, He doesn't see us based on our mistakes. He sees us based on our potential. And He keeps betting on us no matter what, what mistakes we make. The hard part, the challenge in this world, is to be able to see the nitzots of Hashem within us, to love the, those aspects of ourselves and to recognize that even though we sometimes can sway, we are not those mistakes. Once we come to see that, my goodness, I don't believe that there is a bad, bad people. I believe that there are bad actions, but there are no bad people. That's the Yetzir Hara speaking, telling you that you're bad, making you feel guilty. You think you could talk to Hashem? You think you can ask for what you want? You, 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 who are you? You made mistakes, you did this sin, you did the other sin. That is the essence of the Yetzir Hara, telling us, you shouldn't pray. You look at how many mistakes you made. You're, you're, not, you're not religious. You don't, you, you, don't, you don't keep Shabbat. You, know, you shouldn't even do Kiddush. It, it tries to take anything that we do wrong and remove any ability for us to connect to God. And it's our, it's what we need to do is fight against that. It's not about all or nothing. 
every person is on a different level and nobody could put themselves above or below anybody else. The challenges I came into this world are, are different than the ones that you came into this world. But Hashem handpicked, He packed our suitcase for us. Before Yunishama came here, He handpicked it with the fact that you're an amazing artist. He handpicked it. Why? Because He knows that you, for you to do your tikkun, for you to bring into this world something that it needs, you need to have that talent. I need to have this talent. And especially the work that you do, right? Scribal work. If you make a mistake in writing the Torah, what do you have to do? You make a mistake in just in a little letter, a little line, it could become pasul if you don't fix it. So all the more so, each and every person, there's not an extra person in this world. It's not like, oops, you know, I created an extra guy. No, no, you're here. There's a reason for you to be here. And that's what we need to remind and empower people to understand. And that's really the essence of, of really everything that I do. Wow. I love that. I'm like blown away. I could listen to you talk about this for a long time. <laughs> One thing, actually, the last couple of days I was thinking almost maybe in a little bit of a creative uh, type of way. Um, one thing that when we wake up in the mornings, each and every person, we're like the cutting edge of all of existence and all of history. Like today is a day that's in the existence and the presence right now that has never been and mm -hmm. it will never be. Just like you said, the Torah. And the Torah is the, the oral law, the, the Torah Shabbat Peh, the, as uh, Rav Ari Kaplan said, the living Torah. Right? This is the Torah that, there's the written Torah and then there's the oral Torah. The point of the oral Torah is that it can never be written down because yeah. as soon as you write something, you define it and you close it. When things are spoken, when things are in this level of, of this dynamic of moving, just like our days, day after day, and another thing I thought I had the other day also, it was, it's like I was just sitting there, I was with my daughter, and I think I was preparing for Shabbos, <laughs> and I was thinking, wow, right now, there's a whole sea of angels, of celestial beings that are watching me, and watching us, and watching everybody, and they're, it's like we're like the center, we're in the theater, we're in the very center, just like we have a setup here with cameras. These are all of the angels around us, and they're all watching us. They're saying, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to be? And what you're adding to that is you're saying, you know what? They're betting on us. Yeah. They're betting on us. They say, wow, there's going to be an amazing victory today. And you said the Yitzhahara, the negative energy. You say the Yitzhahara, um, Amalek, the Amalek, like the... Yeah. Arch nemesis of Israel, the manifestation of evil in this world. It's the gematria of Safik. Mm. It's not the gematria, it's not the numerical value of murder, of, of evil, evil. It's the numerical value of the word doubt. Yeah. And so, just like you said, when we doubt ourselves, when we say, do I have any value? Do I belong here? Do I have a place in this story? It comes so easy. That's the thing. It comes like so easy. It's just like, it's like nothing. It's like light, right? And um, No, 100%. And the truth of the matter is, you know, the connection to Tehillim even, if you think about it, what is Tehillim? Tehillim is 150 incredible songs of praise, mostly written by David Amelach, but there were other authors, or 10 authors that have contributed different chapters within Tehillim. But what is the beauty about Tehillim? And why, do, why is it the most read book in all of Tanakh, in the world. It's the most read book in the world. Why? Because what David Melech did there is he expressed raw 
emotion. You know, it's not like in today's world of, uh, you know, Instagram and stuff, everybody has a touched up picture, you know, you could be having the worst day ever, but then, oh, everybody puts a picture camera up, oh, everybody smile for the right. camera, you know, and it's like, all of a sudden, it's the best day. It's like your worst day. No, everything is touched up. David Amelech, what he did in Tehillim, is he wrote down the raw emotions, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the moments of doubt, the moments of confusion, the moments of pain, the moments of joy, every single gamut of emotion that you can imagine was written into Tehillim. You know why? To give us the ability to know that it's okay to experience all those gamuts of emotion and still develop such a close relationship with Hashem, which is what David HaMelech did. Developed an insanely close relationship with Hashem. Why? Because he was real. So we all experience, it's okay to have sometimes doubt. We all have doubt. But we have to remember, just like it says, Gam ki Sometimes we feel like we're walking in the valley of the shadow of death. It's scary. We, like, like with Abraham, Yes, it could be the place, but it could also mean that he saw Hashem from a distance. Sometimes in our life, we don't understand Hashem, and we're trying to come to, to grasp, well, what is he trying to tell me? It's scary, and it's painful. But when a person is at their lowest, they are also at their highest potential. They're at their highest potential because Bechira is everything. They're at the moment where they could choose because sometimes Hashem has to push us against the wall so that we can tap into something that we never would have tapped into otherwise. You know, a few weeks back, this is only the second time I'm telling this. It was, I, had, I got hit, hit with COVID. I got hit with it really bad. Okay, I made it all this time without getting it and I got hit with that so bad. Fever and migraine and everything. It was, it was absolutely terrible. I was... In a, in a bad situation, okay? And on top of that, when your physical health isn't great, then your emotional and your mental health also, you know, everything started going wrong. And it was, I was feeling like my whole world was collapsing on me. It was very difficult. And I'm, I'll never forget, it was Friday night, and I'm home because I couldn't go out. It was just me and my roommate. And I'm saying the Kiddush. I was so frail, you have no idea. I'm saying the Kiddush, and I come to the Pasuk, right? Gam ki elech. And I, I couldn't finish it. I, I said, And I saw the next words, and it was so hard for me because I was really in a very bad place. I felt things were collapsing on me. And I just broke down crying. Hysterical crying in the middle of Kiddush for a good five minutes, just crying to try to say the words, Because sometimes it's hard. But I have to tell you, Thank God, everything has its way of working out, and the hardships in our life helped to make us stronger. But from that, from that Shabbat, over like a month ago, now when I say the Kiddush every Friday night, oh, it takes on a whole other meaning. It's even flipped in a way. That now the way I look at it, you know, because we look at it, okay, even though we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear because Hashem, you're with me. I sort of switched it in my mind. I said, you know, we're in the time, we know we're in the time of Geulah. We are in the time of Geulah. It's crazy, right? And there's two kinds of phases of it. One is where, you know, you're saying, Hashem, we need the Geulah. Look at all the, the hardship going on and all of the pain and the pandemic and people suffering and people crying and people sick. Please bring it. We can't do it anymore. That's one level of Geulah, of asking for the Mashiach. There's another level. Looking at the Shekhinah, that the pain that the Shekhinah is going through, seeing what we're actually experiencing, not, being, not having a, a, a steady home, 
And so instead I said, you know, Gam ki even though Hashem, the Shechina, is going through Getzamavet, don't be afraid, Hashem. I'm with you. And I think if we all incorporate that and say to the Shechina, wow, what a different kind of an experience that can be. What a different level of Gilwa we can bring. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, speaking about David HaMelech and why Tehillim is the most read book of all time, uh, because he's, he's raw and he's authentic and he's showing that King David, who is a prophet, who is the king of Israel, who represents the Kabbalistic Sefira of Malchut, which means his embodiment entered the fabric of reality, like his energy entered reality as the concept of Malchut, the concept of kingship in this world. And, and he's broken. Yeah. And he's going through trials and tribulations. And, and you saying Kiddush in a low place creates a Kiddush, an experience that you'll never forget, yeah. that will only strengthen you as we move forward. That, that speaks to me like so greatly. Um, I completely <laughs> identify with that. I feel, to me, I always say to myself, the biggest gap in the world is from the inside to the outside. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's very true. You know, and, and so often, right before there's some breakthrough, there's some sort of breakdown. Yes, it has, it, it, it's, yeah. it's very, very much, it's very much connected. Very much connected because we can oftentimes get stuck in our comfort zone. And being in a comfort zone doesn't allow you to grow. We get stuck, we plateau. We get stuck in this, the, the, the mundane, the, the, the rote of doing something time and time again, that we don't bring the Kiddushah to it. What is Kiddushah? Kiddushah means to separate something. You're separating from the ordinary, from the regular every day. That's why, right, Shabbat is Kodesh. It's a separate day. You're not doing things in the normal way that you do the rest of the week. But sometimes even our mitzvot could become rote, like Netilat Yadayim or Tefillah. You've said it so many times that are you really thinking about it? Because what makes something kadosh is simply your intention. Your intention, your kavanah, is what changes something from something mundane to something kadosh. The changes in apple, when you make the bracha, now to be on a level of kedusha. That changes just the cup to a kedush cup that's for, for Shabbat. It is all in your intention. So oftentimes, even let's say with Netilah Yadayim, we do Netilah, right? We're doing Netilah, but we're not thinking about it. We're not thinking about it. We're just doing it. We, we, we forget what we're doing, that we're bringing Shefa into our, into our hands. Netilah Yadayim, you're filling up this cup with water, which is representation of Bracha, and you're pouring it onto your hands. Why? Because all of your Asiyah comes through your hands. The work you do, right? The food you prepare, all the things that you bring from mind into, into actuality comes through your hands. But sometimes we make mistakes with our hands. So what we're doing is we're pouring the waters onto our hands, the bracha, and the cup that I have is nitila, is 100% copper for a specific reason. We know that Hashem chose out of all materials for the Kwanim to wash their hands with, He didn't choose gold, He didn't choose silver. He told Moshe, nechoshet. You know, in the Kabbalah it says that nechoshet is representation, copper is representation of rachamim, of mercy. So why is the connection between mercy and etila? Because what are you doing? You're filling up a cup with water, with bracha. You're pouring it on your hands to remind Hashem, please have mercy on my hands because I know I've made mistakes. 
I've done wrong things. I've done wrong things with my hands. I got angry and I screamed or I, I, I threw something or whatever it is. We did, we wrote a not nice note to somebody. We did negative things with our hands. Please have rachamim so that I can use these, so I can purify and sanctify them to do your avodat kodesh, to separate it from the mundane and to bring it to a whole other level. And that's essentially everything that we do in this world where it's about looking at how you can take anything Something as simple as, as, as a pen, as a quill, and turning into something of Kiddushah by using it to do what? To write passages of Torah, to write a Ketubah that is going to bring, unify two people together in this world, has the power that it's no longer a quill, it's a tool of Kiddushah. We could do that with every aspect of our lives. It's not always easy. It's that looking for those opportunities, and even when you make mistakes, to realize, don't worry. Hashem is betting on you. What are you going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow is a new day. You have a new page. What are you going to write today? Don't get stuck in the past. Learn from it, but determine what your day today is going to be. Live in the present, in the moment, and try to make the most of what you're doing by thinking of what your future is going to be. Because the things that we invest today, it's not about the here. What's the here? We're just in the corridor. It's about what we're investing in. Our olam haba our time of Gilulah, what we are investing in. The money, all this stuff, what is it? It's a means to an end. It's not that it's not, it's a means to an end, to do more good. But to remember what we're supposed to be in pursuit of and, and to refine ourselves from the inside out. Right. Beautiful, thank you. Wow, you make me think of so many things. You said so many deep, valuable lessons. Um, most recently, even though out of order, that I think by living in the moment, I think that's one of the keys to happiness. Just go back for a moment and speak about um, this world of kavanah and this world of intention and kedushah, holiness. And like you said, the word kadosh in Hebrew uh, is from the same word as uh, muvdal, havdalah, separate and separation. So that which is holy is something that's separate from, from maybe the norm or the mundane of our everyday experience and our everyday consciousness. Where are we directing ourselves? What, where are we going? And how are we relating to that? And um, one other thing i just like to share is, I personally believe as an artist um, as well, and I know you are also an artist. I think um, people that uh, do creative things as an entrepreneur, as a business runner, as an inspirational um, community, um, activist and everything else you are, right? Your creativity and your art artistic ability is, it, that's one of the things that shines through. And I think even from, a, from the ability to be creative and to realize that things aren't dull and, and like monotone and just mundane, but there's a whole world of things going on all around us. And that creativity, that Yitzirah of realizing whether it's through um, forms of meditation, whether it's through forms of visualization, right? Visualize who I want to be today. Visualize who I want to be tomorrow. Visualize what I can achieve if I just go, like you said, one step at a time. Oh, what you're saying is so, so relevant because if you look at Tefillah, it was written by Anshay Knesset HaGdolah with Nivuah. Now, what, which tense is Tefillah written in? It's written in the Choveh. Present tense. It's not written in the Atid. I want this, or please let me become healthy. No, no, thank you, Hashem, for that I'm healthy. Right. It's written in the Choveh for a very specific reason, because Anshay Knesset HaGdolah was actually telling us the secret to bringing every single thing we want into our life, into our life. That when we say it, 
It's about actually feeling as though you already have it. Not saying, oh, I will be happy when I have make this much money. I will be happy when I no longer feel sick. I will be, no. To actually feel it in the moment. Amen, amen. And it's so amazing to be here with you in the center of Yushalayim. And it's so amazing to speak about uh, Unitila, the, uh, the washing cup, because that, in, in the form of a cup, is renewal. I just want to say uh, two quick things and then ask you one last question. Number one, uh, there's an amazing Torah by Rabbi Nachman. It's in Torah 6, which is normally learnt this month of Elul. And at the beginning it says, if a person wants to come to Teshuvah, what does he have to do? Shishma bizyono yidom yishtok. He says four words. A person should hear things he doesn't want to hear. Bizyono. Things that maybe he's disgraced by are negative mm -hmm. to him. And he should be absolutely silent. He should stand and he should take it. He or she yeah. should just take it. And just the ability to be and interact with that which you don't like, but just to look at it. And realize it's not a monster. It is what it is. You're quiet. And through that process, unbelievable pathways open wow. up. Very true. And one last thing I want to say is in Psalm 27, this is the psalm we say this month, there's a verse. The verse says like this, Lecha amar libi, to you my heart speaks, Bakshu panai, seek my face, et panecha, at your face, Hashem evakesh, God I seek. At first this makes no sense. It says, to you my heart speaks, look for my face, I'm looking for your face, God. What does this even mean? Rashi says something amazing. He says, our heart is our shaliach. Our heart is our messenger. Mm. The heart says to me, my heart says to me, seek out my own face. Find my own partsu. Find my own face. Find myself. In this month of Elul, we are, like you said, we are reinventing ourselves. We are bringing out a new level, a new version of ourselves that's going to be prepared for the next year. And we have nothing to worry about. And I love that. I love that. So, my last question to you, if this will finish, is what one tip a viewer watching can take with them as we go towards this new year? One really short <laughs> tip. You know what? I'm going to share something that I shared with you before then. Yes. We were talking about, you know, living in the moment, right? And when we're, when we're speaking about the concept of living in the moment, you know, oftentimes, let's say with technology, and not, we're not bashing technology, but oftentimes we, can, we, we are not present because we're always looking at our device. Be present in the moment. That when you're standing in front of another person, remember, you're standing in front of another neshama. Allow yourself to be present. So putting your, your, your phone, let's say, even on silent when you're speaking to another person is such a tremendous thing. It's showing that you respect that person and that you respect the time and, the, and what you're going to gain from that interaction. So uh, when you're present in the moment, you have the ability to hear and to see things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to hear or see prior. Wow, thank you so much. That's like a little drop in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. But each so drop... So many more things that we can do. Each with. drop is, is, is so great. Each drop of Torah contains all of the Torah. 100%. And it's been such a pleasure to speaking thank with you, you so this hour. Thank you so much for having me. This is fantastic. I wish you a Shana Tova. Shana Tova. You've heard it here on Scribal Wisdom. My name's Kalman Gavriel, the Jerusalem Scribe. If you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com, check out the videos, and sign up for one of our membership packages today.